Elul Tafshin Ayin Chet, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> Let your kids are Sasson ye dashen at motai, Umitzion tavona, Tanchumotai, Kiafechle shachar aravi, Veloheavi, Liavi, Eteliahu hanavi, Veloheavi, Liavi, Eteliahu
Yoni Genut and the choir of the Shivat Merkaz Litzirim open things up here on this edition of the Israel Show with Yismach Libi words by Harav Avram Kohen Cook. Melody by, uh, I believe, Yoni Genut. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us, making us a part of your week. We're here each and every Monday, immediately following Jamie D.A.M. That is 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time, and around the world, as we say, wherever you are, whatever time it is now, that's when we're on. But, of course, you can also listen to us on demand via the Nachum Siegel Network webcast, web webcast I don't know what I'm talking about this morning um, the Nachum Siegel Network site, website um, NachumSiegel.com NachumSiegel.com on demand just go to the archives page and click on the Israel show and you can also listen to us via the Nachum Siegel Network app again go to the archives download it when you're in Wi-Fi listen to it for free as you're driving wherever you have to go or if you're in the house just doing stuff and you want to have some great music, information, entertainment, that's what we are here for. And thank you uh, for um, being part of it. Um, at the end of the show, when we, uh, when we upload all the stuff, we also post on our Facebook page links to the music that we played. So, for example, the song you just heard, you like it. You say, oh, God, that's such a great song. I wish I could hear it again. Bing, bing, bing. Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Facebook.com slash The Israel Show, one word. And there, every week, at some point uh, during uh, this day, usually sooner rather than later after the show, there will be a listing. It will list. It will have a link to the show itself. It'll have a list of the songs that we played, and any one of the songs, and usually all of them, have links to a YouTube video. You're going to have that list right there, and then there'll be links to things that we spoke about. If there's a, a, a particular article we spoke about, speech that we spoke about, it'll, it, it'll all be there. So uh, you want to give us uh, a listen, then give a look. And then hopefully give us a like on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Um, we're going to be playing a number of songs uh, today where the music was put to words of Avram Yitzhak Kohen Cook, the first Ashkenazic chief rabbi of the state of Israel. And the leader, the spiritual leader of so many of the religious Zionists in Israel and so much of religious Zionism. A, a towering person, towering personality, passed away on Gimel Elul, which is tonight in, and uh, tomorrow, if you're listening live. That is Monday night and Tuesday of this week, Gimel Elul. So uh, in the past few years, n- numerous uh, poems that he wrote, he just... he. Rav Cook was everything. Uh, he was everything. Besides, he was a Talmudist, and he was a, a Kabbalist, and, and he was a, an amazing poet as well, in addition to everything else. Um, 
and and some of the poems that he wrote were put to music recently, a lot of them more recently than before. So we're going to be playing uh, we're going to be playing some of them. We'll also play some things that are appropriate for the beginning of the Slichot period for our brethren of the Sephardic community. But it's uh, it's good for everybody to hear um, Slichot type stuff. Come come Rosh Chodesh Elul. Uh, Want to point out just as we um, are talking about the beauty of the words of the song that. Um, we just played Yismach Libi. It's a song from Otsei Shabbat. And every um, stanza ends with Velokei Avi, Li Avi, Et Avi. The God of my father will bring to me Eliyahu Hanavi. And one of the um, stanzas goes like this. Uvanai hanefotsim ba'avarim, yasfu yachad la'adarim. V'yaronu b'rosh harim l'laket kol hanifzarim el eretz te'ini v'anavi v'elokei avi li'avi et eliyahu anavi All the my children that are scattered on all sides will gather together like, like herds of sheep so to speak, right? Will gather and they will sing on the mountaintops v'yaronu b'rosh harim to gather all that are dispersed. That means they're going to stand on a high place and sing out and say, come, everybody, come gather back into the land of Israel. Where? Together to the land of my fig and my date as Eretz Te'iniva Anavi, Ishtachat Gafnova, Ishtachat Te'inato, Ve'elokea Vili Anavi, just... It's just, uh, it's so uplifting just to read the words. Okay, we're going to have some lot, some some stuff today that we're going to share with you. We're going to share with you um, something that until last week nobody has heard. The voice of somebody that was never heard in public. Why don't we start with that? We've spoken numerous times on this show about a fallen Israeli soldier, a hero. He has been described by great generals of the IDF as one of the most daring soldiers to ever serve in Sayeret Matkal, in the uh, one of the leading special unit, special forces units of Israel. He was so amazing and so daring that he often infiltrated terrorist cells and organizations and groups on the other side of the border. And the work that he did was so thorough that to this very day there are people in Arab countries surrounding Israel, that don't realize that that person, X, whatever they called him, that they were in touch with, was, in fact, an Israeli Orthodox religious Jew by the name of Emmanuel Moreno. And therefore, unlike every other case in Israeli history, 
even when people went on very secret missions, pilots and others, whose faces are always blurred out as long as they're alive, when they are dead, after they pass, their faces are always shown. Not Emmanuel Moreno. He's the only one in the history of the State of Israel. Twelve years later, and you still may not show his face. And um, there's been a lot written about him and said about him and taught about him, and he is a hero to so many young Israelis, especially those in the religious Zionist camp, but others also. And last week on his 12th yard site, it was uh, agreed, I guess, by the uh, censors and the powers that be, that we may hear a recording of his voice and the message that he gave in that recording. This was a ceremony where he was awarded the rank, I believe it was, of colonel. And in this ceremony were the highest levels of the Israeli army, And although his wife testifies to the fact that he hated speaking in public, he was a very unassuming person, very shy, believe it or not, he decided that it was important for him to convey a message. And um, the family, I guess, recorded it. It's not a good recording. You hear background noises, you hear the you hear the beautiful sounds of his little children in the background who are now not so little and you don't hear his voice too well so I uh, picked out two clips from this speech the longer one is um a story that many of you know, so hopefully you'll be able to follow along, and I'll explain the shorter one when we get to it. Emmanuel Moreno had a message, and that was that when we face challenges, as Israel was at the time when this was happening, there are three reactions that one would have. One would be just to sink into depression. You're facing this challenge. It's too much. I can't deal with it. Get back under the covers and shut out the world. That is not our way, he says, ever at all. So we don't have to even discuss it. Then he says there are other ways, other two, two other ways. They're both okay, but one is better than the other. And in order to bring uh, the the uh, this point to to uh, to bring the point out to the people that were listening, he decided to call the better way of the two Rabbi Akiva's way. Imagine now. You're standing in front of the head brass of the Israeli army. 
and you're wearing a kippah and you're a proud religious soldier and the message that and they all respect you and they know who you are you're not you're not just anybody and now you're going to tell them the story of Rabbi Akiva as he came with the other Tanaim to Harat Sofim. His story appears at the end of Makot. We've repeated it many, many times. I'm sure many of you are familiar with it, but I'll just say it quickly because we're going to play it and it's not going to be so clear when he when he says it, but you'll you'll pick it up. He comes to Harat Sofim. They look out on Har Habayit, as you can do today. Absolutely, and many do every day. You can stand on Harat Sofim and look out on Har Habayit, and they saw that the Bet HaMikdash was destroyed. It was just desolate. There was nothing there. And suddenly they saw a shu'al, a wild animal just dart out from one of the ruins. And they cried. And Rabbi Akiva left. And um, they said to Rabbi Akiva, why are you laughing? And he said to them, why are you crying? And they said, this is the, the holy of holies and now shu'alim hilchubo. Look, it's desolate and wild animals just roam around. Why are you laughing, Rabbi Akiva? Why are you laughing? Rabbi Akiva, who throughout the Talmud we find as an eternal optimist. Rabbi Akiva says because there are two nivuot that are linked to each other. One is of destruction and the other is of redemption. And if the one of destruction now came, came true... The one of redemption surely will come true. And the one of redemption is Od Yeshvuz Kenimis Kenot Burchovot Yushalayim Vishmishantobiado that young men, young boys and girls and young men and older men and women will sit peacefully in the streets of Yushalayim and the children will play. And that has come true. And whenever I've quoted this medrash, this uh, medrash that appears in the Gemara, I've always said that if Rabbi Akiva, some 1900-something years ago, could stand on Harat Sofim and see total destruction and still have optimism because he knows that the, God's promise will come true, we who are seeing God's promise come true how much more so that we should be happy and optimistic. But that's not the point that he wanted to make. He took it to a different place. So I'm going to play for you this um, minute and a quarter of Emmanuel Moreno's voice. We don't know. We've never seen his face. And this is the first time that his voice is being uh, revealed. Of his voice telling this story to uh, the heads of the Israeli defense forces in a ceremony where he received his um, um, his colonel's um, appointment. הבולט שבהם במדרש הבא. לאחר חורבן בית המקדש השני עלו לירושלים רבן גמליאל, רבי אלעזר, רבי יהושע ורבי עקיבא. כאשר הגיעו לארץ סופית, 
ידוע ארבעה וקראו את בגדיהם דעותינו. המשיכו בדרכם והגיעו להר הבית, אל המקום שבו עבד חמה בית המקדש. ראו החכמים שועל שיצא מבין חורבות קודש הקודשים. הזדעזעו החכמים והחלו לבכות. ורבי עקיבא צוחק. שאלו החכמים את רבי עקיבא, מדוע אתה צוחק? תשיב להם רבי עקיבא בשאלה. מדוע אתם בוכים? אמרו לו, אינך רואה? ירושלים חרבה סביבנו. ושועל טמא יוצא מבין סביבי בית מקדשנו, לא נבכה? תשיב להם רבי עקיבא. השועל מוכיח שהתקיימה נבואתו של מיכה הנביא, שניבא שירושלים תחרב ותהיה מקום לחיות היער. אם נתקיימו דברי מיכה הנביא, בוודאי יתקיימו גם דברי זכריה הנביא, שאמר, כה אמר השם צבאות, עוד ישבו זקנים וזקנות ברחובות ירושלים, ואיש משענתו בידו מרוב ימים, ורחובות העיר ימלאו ילדים וילדות, ומשחקים ברחובותיה. ולכן אני צוחק. רוח החיים לרבי עקיבא. עקיבא ניחמתנו, עקיבא ניחמתנו. That's how the story ends, where the Chachamim say, Akiva Nichamtanu, you have consoled us. So Emmanuel Moreno tells the story, and what does he take from that story? Remember, the, he was talking about ways that we can deal with challenges in our lives, with difficulties. There are three ways, he said. One is to be depressed and just not deal with it. We don't, we, we don't even look at that option. The other, he says, is to look, uh, to look forward. Just say, you know, the bad times will pass. And after the bad times pass, there'll be good times. Always look at the silver lining. Always look at the hair glass that's half full. But then he said, there's a third way, and that's Rabbi Akiva's way. And I got to tell you, I never saw this in the story. But there it is. He says, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva's point was that it is through the difficulty, it is through the challenge, by going through the challenge, by facing it, that's how we get to the better time. You become stronger for the challenge. It's not like saying, okay, this will pass and then we'll get to the good. That's an optimist and that's fine. And that works too. But this is better, he says. This is Rabbi Akiva. The challenge is there to make you stronger so that you will get to the good times. (laughs) And of course he compared it to a soldier, a soldier that's going through a very difficult uh, um, exercise at uh, tiring and difficult route. But it's because, because of the difficulties that he's going through, he's going to be a better soldier. That's how we have to look at it. That's how we have to look at the challenges and the difficulties in our lives. Here are um, his words, Emmanuel Moreno, Zichron Olivracha. Awesome. 
whenever I tell over stories like this and I feel um, I look at myself and I and, and, and I feel how is it that we live in the same world as people like this? How is it that I live in the same world as people like this? We, we roam the same earth. People who not only were daring, heroic, obviously brilliant, but also had such strong emunah. He was killed 12 years ago on the last day of the Second Lebanon War, at the end of yet another daring raid in Lebanon. And I think to myself, we must... We must always keep in mind the great heroes of the Israel Defense Forces and pray every day and surely on Shabbat, pray for their well-being. Pray that they live. Pray that they are able to meet the challenge and become stronger for the next one. We're continuing with uh, songs Two words written by Rav Cook. This is um, by now quite famous. We've played different versions of it. It's called Kanfei Ruach, and it fits right in with the with the Emmanuel Moreno story. Talks about how all of us have wings to soar to greater heights, and we should not let those wings become weak. We shouldn't abandon them because then they will abandon us. Only by Using the wings, only by confronting the challenges can we soar higher and higher. You have to find them and look for them and use them. And then they will help you soar. Words are, as I mentioned, by Ruf Cook. It's a relatively new new song. This uh, version we've never played before. It's by the Mo'etzet Hashirah HaYehudit and accompanied by the great guitarist Sin Golda. My name is Mayor Weingart and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs>
Moetzad Hashira HaYehudit, accompanied by the great guitarist in Golda, Kanfei Ruach, words by Rav Cook. As we mentioned tonight and tomorrow is his Yurtzeit, Gimel Elul. Um, we promoted this on uh, JM in the AM a lot earlier this morning. One of the reality shows in Israel, yet another one of the musical kinds of uh, reality shows where... Uh, Young singers come and uh, try their luck to impress the judges. This one's called Aviv or Eyal. Aviv or Eyal. Aviv is Aviv Geffen. Eyal is Eyal Golan. Two um, very popular singers in Israel. And uh, about two weeks ago, this young man by the name of Adam Gozlan comes as a contestant to the show. Now, he tells the panel, a little bit about himself, that actually he was born a non-Jew, his mother was not Jewish, and he converted, and he is today a fully practicing religious Jew. He was born in France, he made Aliyah, he lived in uh, Gush Etzion, and now he lives in Shaveh Shamron. He's 20 years old, and he's coming to sing and try and impress the judges. And 
As we've shown before on these reality shows, unfortunately, sometimes the judges take it into a different reality. Not the reality of music, not the reality of cooking or home building or whatever, but to the reality of politics, which has no place in these shows. But they just can't hold themselves back. So Eyal Geffen says, well, why don't we do this? No, I don't know. I'm, o- I'm always <laughs> most conflicted. Should I first tell you what he says and then play it in Hebrew? Or? Eyal Geffen says to him, I think you're the best chance that my children, Eyal's children, and Miri's children will not live in the land of Israel for that many, for that many more years. You're, you're, <clears throat> you're actually blocking the possibilities of peace. Okay, here, here is this great um, way that he is greeted. Wow, what a welcome the kid gets. And then he says, Israel, they say to him, and they, they start arguing a little bit to defend the kid. Not that the others are saying that they're supporting the quote-unquote settlers or settlements, which has become in some parts of Israel a, a, a derogatory word. Back in the in the thirties and the forties, it, it was a word of honor. I'm I'm building a, a settlement, a Jewish settlement. Anyway, um, they start arguing with him, and he says, "Israel is bringing in from outside Jews who have these messianic crazes. They're crazy messianists who." who think that they're going to bring Messiah, some idea like that, and they are blocking our possibility for having peace. Atem, atem. As I've mentioned in my life, the one time, even though I spent most of my life in the United States, the one time I was attacked by anti-Semites was in Israel when other Jews, on the night that Yitzhak Rabin was murdered, other Jews pointed at me and said, Atem Hashemim, you, all of you who wear kippot through goat, Atem, it came bursting out of them, but that's what they felt all along. Atem tokim et hasikui l'shalom, it's your fault that there's no peace. Miriam Masika says, you're, you're generalizing, just like you hate that people generalize about you, you're now generalizing about him. Now here's this young man who's, who, who wants to find favor in the eyes of these judges who he's going to sing for. But on the other hand, is he going to just stay there and let and let them attack him? I mean, let one of them attack him mercilessly, Aviv Geffen. And note that in Israel, he's a notorious um, for the fact that he, he um, did not do army service, made a 
big deal out of it that he's not doing it. He was a draft dodger. But here he is. He is giving Musar to all the Atems out there who are ruining the, secure, the, the, the possibility for peace. So, yet he, Gozland, the Mitnachel, the settler, has to defend himself a little bit. And he says, you know, I, I'm not sure that without us there would be a Tel Aviv. Right? If there wouldn't be the Hitnachluyot, the Arabs would overrun Tel Aviv, for, for all you know. And Miri Masika and Eyal Galan do go on to defend him a little bit. So Glenn says, unlike you, I see a young, beautiful Israeli full of energy who's come here to sing. And then Miriam Masika says, you expect him to be able to come and sing now? You're like you buried him. You threw him under underground already. How do you want him to sing now? And, and, and he doubles back. Aviv Geffen doesn't give up. doesn't do any good for his, for anyone in Israel that he comes to live here. There are four million Arabs. What are we going to do with four million Arabs? First of all, there are no four million Arabs. I don't know where he got that number from, but whatever. What are we going to do with these four million Arabs? We have to give them their own state. No, 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 no. Even though the overwhelming majority in Israel today said we tried it, it didn't work. It's not happening in our generation, but it doesn't matter. This is a singing show. Here, we're going to keep talking politics. That's it. I'm not fighting with you. I'm not arguing with you. There's only one solution, and it's his solution, of course. And then there's one point that I... I I don't even know how to deal with this one. So somebody talks about brother. He's our brother, brotherhood, or something like that. And Eyal Gol, uh, uh, Aviv Geffen says, the Arabs are also our brothers. We eat like Arabs. We dress like Arabs. We talk like Arabs. Meaning, we're cousins, so to speak. We're both Semitic. But to him... The Arab brothers he feels, I think, closer to than he feels to, to this young man because he lives in a settlement. What can I say? It's important. Why? Why do I even bring these clips? I just. I. It's important. Really important that we be aware of it. That we realize this is an overt case. Here, it's obvious, but we should realize that in the culture, in the general culture out there, we are constantly exposed to a tilt to a twisting of reality 
whether by actors, by directors, surely by the news. The term that President Trump came up with, fake news, is just so good. We knew this term, we just never had the word for it. But anyone who loves Israel and anybody who who follows the Israeli news has seen fake news for 50 years already where everything is turned upside down, topsy-turvy. Okay, we'll go to one more song by Rav Cook. This one is um, composed by Yochai Ben Avi. Cheshek Nitiat Ilanot. The cheshek, the, the yearning that we have to plant a tree, comes from our wanting to invest and, in he- and help and do good for the future generations. Because when we plant a tree, we're planting it not for us, but we're really planting it for the future. So planting a tree is actually an investment in our future. Words by Rav Cook, and um, the composition is by Yochai Benavi, who also sings it. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you. 
closed by Yochai ben Avi to words of Rav Avram Yitzchak HaKohen Kuk, Haraya Kuk, whose your site is Gimel Elul tonight and tomorrow if you're listening live. So what's going on in Aza over the weekend? It, it, the craziest thing happened over the weekend. Hamas announced that uh, an agreement was reached with Israel for a ceasefire. For months now, there's been back and forth, back and forth, with Hamas shooting missiles at southern Israel relentlessly, with Hamas having huge demonstrations along the fence, the border fence, encouraging its people to break through the fence and go into Israel and kill Jews, sending incendiary devices over the fence with kites and burning an area that is as large as the entire city of Petah Tikva, including farmland, wildlife, and more, creating devastation. Israel bombs by air force, but doesn't even have soldiers coming to the border as if it is going to war, just the usual soldiers that are there but keeps bombing and bombing and bombing. What do they bomb? A weapons factory, they bomb maybe a, a control and command headquarters, they bomb some other strategic areas. They're not bombing any of... Uh, nobody's being killed in the bombs, bombings, and uh, they're, not, they're not killing any of the leadership of Hamas. So this goes back and forth and back and forth, literally since, uh, since May, I believe, even earlier. No, since April. Of this year, and now Hamas announces, "Oh, the, we we've agreed to a ceasefire." Israel right away says, "No, no such thing. It's not true. It's not true. There was no ceasefire." And the next day, lo and behold, it's quiet. It's quiet. Hamas stops shooting. What's going on? You know, on one hand, Hamas makes it sound like they want to go to war. Like they're baiting Israel. Whenever Israel does something, they just go on a, on a spree. They shoot 100 missiles into Israel, 100 rockets into Israel during one night, causing havoc in all the, all the yeshuvim, all the towns along the border. But it's fake news. Because deep down, they know that if Israel does go to war, real war, Hamas will lose in a second. There's no parity whatsoever. But here's the, here's the trick. Hamas understands that Israel, at this point in time, does not want to go to war, even as they constantly, Israel, beat their chest and try to sound intimidating. Why doesn't Israel want to go to war? Because they don't, one, because they don't want to open another front. Israel is dealing with a real northern uh, um, situation, a, a, a situation up north with Syria, the border with Syria, which is very volatile. Russia, Iran, Syria, this entire situation up there can explode at any time, and Israel is focusing there. It doesn't want to start to open another front, but also possibly, being that it is quite certain that there will be elections coming up in the following months, 
Prime Minister Netanyahu does not want to go to war just before an election. It's not a good thing. And Israel understands that it cannot solve any problem of Aza by going to war unless it is ready to recapture Aza. And then what? That's what we have to realize when people always say to me, why don't we just bomb the heck out of them? Why don't we? Because that's not a solution. Because there is no solution. They always talk about the difference between the Bikeach and the Chacham, that the Chacham doesn't get himself into a situation that a Pikeach knows how to get himself out of, or the Pikeach knows how to get out of a solution that the Chacham doesn't get himself into in the first place. We got ourselves into this horrific situation in Aza, and there's really no way out. And it would seem that Israel has to make peace with the fact that Hamas is de facto ruling Gaza. And Hamas wants to do everything to destroy us. But the problem also is that in addition to the war on the ground, there's another war. There's a war on the perception of the people and the perception of the leadership. And the feeling of what they call in Israel, hatra'ah, deterrence. How much does the other side feel scared of me? Well, Hamas is basically saying, you don't deter me at all. I control the situation. If I want, I'll bomb Beersheba, which they did. If I want, I'll send 100 rockets into your southern towns, which they did. And the only thing you'll do about it is bomb us from the air, which may slow us down. It's not going to stop us. So Hamas says to itself, as strong as you are, this is the message that it's giving to its people and to Israel. As strong as you, Israel, are, you can't stop us. And that's the perception that they've created. The truth is that the reality in Gaza is terrible. After the three wars against them in the last 11 years, Israel has made Gaza into a hellhole. Seriously. Into a sewer. There's no no proper electricity, no proper water. It's It's horrible. It's a miserable life. And that undermines Hamas's leadership, which is in shambles. But at the end of the day, they are ready to continue. They hold these people hostage, and they have the support of the international community. And unfortunately, therefore, this situation will continue. And they'll keep doing these things, and Israel will keep making believe that they're strong, and they're going to show them, and they're going to do... and. And at the end of the day, don't hold your breath. Somebody pointed out that Moshe Dayan once supposedly said, after 1967 war, the Arabs learned to fight and the Jews learned to lie about the fighting. We'll go in, we'll attack the Hamas, we'll go in, we'll show them, we'll this, we'll that. There's no ceasefire, blah, 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 blah. We won't talk to them. We don't talk. Yes, they do. They talk to them and they, they're not going in and they know they're not going in and Hamas knows not, that they're not going in. And as a result, Hamas, even though it is the weaker party, has right now, to some extent, the upper hand. Okay, we're going to end off with Adona Silichot, the classic piyut that I hope by now not only the Svardim know, but the Ashkenazim as well, but it's a Svardic piyut sung by millions around the world 
On this, the first day of Slichor for the Sfaradim, Adonis Slichot, this one is by David Daor. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very spe- special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up next, Yoni Pollock with After Further Review, and then Novik Now with Jake Novak. And the Monday Music Marathon will continue after that. Always great programming here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Until next Monday, immediately following JM and the AM, this is Mayo Weingarten reminding you the nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. Oh